Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. I'm David Haynes, and I'm joined by Thomas Majors. Thomas, our topic today is a requested topic. Uh, Dr. Mark Howard is the Associational Mission Strategist for both Lee and Itawama County in Mississippi. And the other day, they were having a Lee County pastor's breakfast, and the tide turned to talk about fake news. Now, neither you nor I serve in the Lee Baptist Association. So Dr. Mark Howard got in touch with me, and he asked me, if we could do a podcast on this because he wondered what our ideas of dealing with fake news is. All right, Thomas, before we dive into this topic, let me tell you that Craig Silverman is credited with popularizing the phrase fake news in 2014. Basically, fake news is just an updated term of an, of a, of an older antique phrase of yellow journalism, which is exaggeration, the exaggeration or the sensationalism of information. So, I'm not sure of the direction that the Lee Baptist Association took in their pastor's breakfast concerning fake news, but Thomas, I think you and I deal with it primarily in one of two ways, and this is the way we're going to kind of go with it This, this in this podcast subject, is dealing with fake Southern Baptist Convention news and then dealing with fake news within our own congregation. So Thomas, let's start with fake Southern Baptist Convention news, and let me ask you this. Typically, when does that fake news begin to stir? That's a great question. And I would say it begins to stir usually around late spring. And then it really comes to a head at the beginning of summer. Yes. Now, why is that? Because the Southern Baptist Convention is right in the smack middle of June. Absolutely. And so people start to talk about what could happen at the Southern Baptist Convention. And then afterwards, they take what did happen, and then they put their spin on it, and they're throwing it out there. And next thing you know, uh, an article is shared a thousand times, and a hundred a hundred of those times was from people in my church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. And typically it is every other year, really, when it's the presidential election years is whenever I've noticed it being being a, a, a supreme fake news stirring. You know, the stirring of it is really there. Just a couple of years ago, whenever you and I, you and our families were sitting together, together at a Southern Baptist convention, you looked down on your phone, and I'll never forget this, um, you looked at certain Wi-Fi's you could ping off of and somebody there, I'm sure tongue in cheek, that, that had labeled their Wi-Fi uh Beth Moore for Prez. Yeah, I remember said. that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, man, that dude is a fake news guy right there. But yes, it, that's it a is troublemaker. There. That's whoever that, whoever that was was a troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, so so whenever I was thinking about SBC fake news, I think it is typically around convention time right. and dealing with convention issues. Tell us some more about that. I'm trying to think of one of the last times that really happened within my congregation. There was an article that was being spread around by a person in North Mississippi. He had written this. It was something about J.D. Greer, and there were a lot of pastors who were who were sharing it. And it, oh, was, it was about the homosexual agenda, I believe. It was. I think that's yeah. that's exactly what it was about. And and that was the the last thing that I I remember. Now, even this past summer, there was a few issues around the social gospel and social issues 
that are coming to uh, coming to affect the Southern Baptist Convention. And so, in my experience, I can really only talk about in my experience at Holly Baptist Church. It seems like most of the fake news with the Southern Baptist Convention is over social type issues. Yeah. This idea of, oh, socialism is creeping into the Southern Baptist Convention. Next thing you know, they're going to be communist in the, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be communist in the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. I'm telling you, they are trying to press a uh, homosexual agenda. And that's what I hear all of the time. And I think that's because we have a few people in North Mississippi who really push that agenda or that side of the conversation and they respond to that. And in the article that I had mentioned, the last one that really came through Holly Baptist church uh, was just written badly. It was just badly written, badly researched. And, and I, I remember addressing that on a, on a Wednesday night. So what, what about you? What about in your church? What are some of those issues that you had in your church? The social gospel and ramifications of that is is really what I've dealt with, primarily what I've heard from the handful of people that I've heard it through or from is, is about the, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Sometimes the ERLC or the SBC, and especially oh, I forgot his about, head, I forgot Russell, about Moore. Russell Moore. He's been <laughs> quiet in the last he's, he's your year. Ass. What's wrong with him? I need to go check his pulse. <laughs> so, so Russell Moore, Sometimes it appears that sometimes he has political views that are in opposition to some of the political views of the average Trinity Baptist church member. And so he will mention things or write things or will stand for or against certain things that that our people do not agree with. Now, some of now we're talking about fake news. Some of the accusations against Russell Moore our people take those from things he has specifically said or he has specifically written. So I'm not sure that would be considered fake news. I think it's just he feels one way and a person at our church or a few people at our church feel in an opposite way. So it may be true news, but definitely, definitely, I do think we deal with fake news along the lines of the LBGTQ community and then the social gospel. Even right now, we're recording this podcast late in November. And uh, right now, Chick-fil-A has just re what reconstructed, reconfigured their, uh, their giving. And so I, I really, I don't know what I think yet. I've read some people that I have a lot of respect for who say, look, this was a 10-year plan that had expired. They have entered into a new 10-year plan. And other people that I respect say, it's the end of the world. We knew Chick-fil-A was going to bend and bow and they're going to burn just like Shadrach, Meshach, and the bit. Well, maybe they hadn't said that. But <laughs> well, no, they're thinking it though. <laughs> That's right. And so, and so, yeah, fake news is around, a lot of times around political stuff. It's the political side of the SBC or it's where religious issues and politics meet. I've got something revolutionary. This coming SBC in Orlando, you or I, one of us should stand up. Yes, we should. And we should make a motion to defund the ERLC. Yeah. Now, what would be benefited from defunding the ERLC? 
Dude, that was a joke. They have done that, they have done that like every year, Russell Moore. There's always at least one person that stands up and says, Well, I make a motion that we defund the ERLC. And yeah. of course, a lot of people just roll their eyes because yeah. they've done it every year. Or they'll they'll make a motion. I have a motion that we amend the budget. And that's it. Amend the budget for to yeah. the uh, the yeah. southern for the Southern Baptist Convention you know, the or the ERLC, executive committee. You know. Yeah, the RLC does good work. They do. They do good work. Oh so my, that was Russell a little Moore bit me being tongue in cheek so. when yeah, I said we a should be facetious. <laughs> a big facetious. All right. <laughs> All right. Now let, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So I began to think about this. Do we ever deal with fake news within our com- within our Congregation. Now, I don't mean at the political level or the national level or the SBC level, but I mean congregational fake news about someone that is a member of our church. And I think so. Thomas, can can you think of a time when you've dealt with fake news and you know, don't give us the details exactly, but kind of tell us what it's like as a pastor to deal with fake news about someone you go to church with? Yeah, just in general statements, I would say that that I've had people come to my office and say, Say something along these lines. Have do you know what this person did? Or you're not going to believe what this person said. And and what they're doing is they're trying to present me with something that I respond to or or I react to in a moment. And and what I find is that whether it be an instance like Chick-fil-A and what came out then, whether it be an article about the Southern Baptist Convention or whether it be somebody sitting in my office, uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to control the narrative. They're trying to put forth their story, their idea, and whoever controls the narrative has the power. I mean, that's, that's true. And so what we need to do, I think, is just pause. We need to wait and we need to be patient. And and you've already alluded to that idea you said about the Chick-fil-A thing. I've read some articles. I don't know what I need to think or what I will think right now because that's that's the best thing for us to do is just to be patient and to be wait. And there was a uh, there's a verse that I can think of that comes to mind when when we're talking about fake news and we're talking about controlling the narrative, and it's from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17, it says, the first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. If, if we're only listening to one side of the story, then it's always going to seem right. And, and we need to hear both sides. We need to hear what one person might say and whoever is going to be opposed to that person, we need to hear what they say as well. And then through that, we need to discern where the truth is in that. And and we could use that as an example with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, I'm sure, as they've said, it was a 10-year contract. They have redesigned but I'm also sure that the bottom line is that they are a chicken <laughs> selling restaurant. <laughs> and the more chicken they sell, the more money they make. And there is, there must be some financial reason for that as well. 
And so why, why make the chicken sandwich political when they can give their money to some other people and, and, and they can do so? So again, I think both sides are, uh, have some merit to it. And that's one of the things that we have to do is to discern where the truth really lies okay. between the two para- two between the two yes. ditches. I've got my hands up for those of you who yeah, are not. I, I can at see me. your hands. They're nice. They're nice hands. All right. Let me ask you a point blank question. Yes. Will the major still eat at Chick-fil-A? Yes. Okay. Us too. Yeah. Yes. The Hayes I, family I, will also. I kind of like a number one with mayonnaise <laughs> and pickles and <laughs> And then I get like two packs of salt and put salt all over it. Ah, that's it. All right. Ministry Mart listeners, send Thomas some Chick-fil-A gift cards. He would greatly appreciate it. (laughs) I'm going to have like a mailbox full of Chick-fil-A salt packets. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. All right, Thomas, as I was thinking through fake news in the congregation, my mind went to a church that we served. It was a previous church, not the one I currently serve, but my mind went to a previous church where the people were a little bit different. And, And I learned through that that fake news is not always bad. I believe fake news could be good news, but it is fake. It is not in error. It is not bad news. Somebody's coming bad mouthing somebody. Now let me let me let me let me continue on, and uh, you'll kind of understand what I'm what I'm going at. I was talking with um, a family at a previous church, and they continued to tell me about for some of these people. He was what they continued to tell me about a family member, and this guy's the best guy ever. Oh, and I what I've learned through that is the more someone is bragged on. I have the question of why did you have to brag on this person? What are you trying to cover up? And so they just kept on talking about how great this guy is and oh, how good he is. And I thought, wow, why doesn't he come to our church? And then I found out, hey, well, he didn't really go to church anywhere. And so I thought, well, I'm going to find out where he lives. And this is the best dude I will ever meet is what it sounds like. And so then I finally asked the right person about this person about this guy. And I said, well, I've heard that he doesn't really go to church anywhere and I'm going to try to get him to come to our church. They said, oh, well, he won't come. I said, why is that? They said, he's in jail. He's got a six month jail sentence right now and he can't go to church anywhere. I said, you mean to tell me this guy that hung the moon is sitting in the county jail every weekend? And they said, every weekend for the next six months. And I thought, wow, that was my first dose of fake news that people are making up just to make their family sound better. And so we deal with bad fake news and then we deal with good fake news and we have to wade through it. Now, continue on and watch you with what you're saying this 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 past Sunday night, uh, there's a good friend of my wife and I. We, we have some good friends at church, and we went out to eat with one of them at Wendy's Restaurant. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, and while she made potatoes there. That's right, man. I get the four for four. Man, it's just right. We can go there and eat for 7 or $8. Well, we were ordering our food, and the deacon behind me in line said, now, preacher, you get whatever you want. Tonight, I'm buying. And I thought, well, I've already ordered my four for four. But if I'd have known, I'd have got the five for five. <laughs> the baconator. That's the bacon. the baconator. He got the baconator. Yeah. Like an eight, right. seven or eight dollar burger. Yeah. And so we go and we sit down with them. And as we're talking, he said something that I'd never, I've never heard. I'm sure it's not original with him because I know him and I'm sure it's not original with him. But <laughs> he said this time heals and time reveals. I've never heard that. As soon as he said it, I was thinking about our podcast. And we're going to be talking about dealing with fake news. And yes, Time heals when it comes to fake news, 
time reveals. I think a lot of times as a minister, we just need to let the dust settle. Let yeah. let a week get past. Uh, the mouthy people are going to be mouthy, but in a week or two, everything's going to kind of settle down. Everything's going to kind of calm down. There's no sense of getting bent out of shape. And then we can see what is the truth of possibly the fake news. Have you ever dealt with fake news at the church in in the context of, all right, I've got to address this, and how did you do so? Mm. If you did so, have you done so? No, um, I, I have never had to address, what you mean address is like from the pulpit or from whatever it may be. Um, I don't, I don't believe I've ever had to. There have been, can I tell, is it okay if I tell a story? I think I think this may go along with it. This is not. This could be fake news. This was within the church, and I and ended up having to do something that made a statement. Hardly, hardly, no one knew it. Uh, there was a previous church that we served that had turmoil within the deacon body, and there was an an older deacon who always wore a gold nugget ring on his pinky finger. And, um, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of pinky finger gold nugget rings, but this digging was, he was a good guy. He's an older man. He's a good guy. He was very, he was, he was a blessing to me and my family. And he always wore a gold nugget ring on his pinky finger. There was a younger deacon who did not like that. And the younger deacon came to me one day and said, um, uh, he's flaunting his wealth. The guy was wealthy. All he's doing by wearing that ring is is he's just trying to show how much money he's got. And this younger deacon, obviously, I don't think, had near as much money as the older deacon did. All he's doing is just trying to show us how much money he's got. And there's no sense in him doing that. And I don't think he should, whatever. He went on and on. I said, okay. So I thought about that. And I thought about that. And I thought, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a, a gold nugget ring at church. And so to to rebut that younger deacon at the end of the morning worship service or the evening worship service, at the end of the next worship service, I called on Brother Deacon uh, with the gold nugget ring to close out in prayer. And, and, and in a way, that young deacon knew exactly what I was doing. I think it's fine for older brother to wear that ring. And I think it's fine for him to pray in public. And I think it's fine for him to be part of the ministry of our church. And so Thomas, I guess that's the closest I've ever come to having to deal with something, you know, like that. Now you may have come a lot closer. For me, that article that I mentioned earlier, the one that was circulating amongst churches and I saw pastors and others uh, sharing that on social media, there was a Wednesday night that, that I had to address that because I had so many people asking me about it and asking all about uh, leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. Should should churches leave? Should we leave? What should happen? All of those things. And so I addressed it on a Wednesday night and I just, I went through and I mentioned the article, what the article was. Many of them had read it. I, I began to explain as best as I could without, without really creating my own narrative, but, but just in the best way I could by giving both approaches as to give the information. And then basically I came to this idea. I think this person is upset. That's the reason they've, they've written this. It's, it's been sensationalized. It is, I don't believe it is accurate. And then I said, and I'll just be honest with you. If the Southern Baptist convention ever does go this way, we're not going to be in it. 
I mean, it's going to go against everything that we stand for as a church. And I said, and we're autonomous and we have the right to leave at any time we want to. And, And we would do so if it came to that point. And so for me, it is it is communication, working through communicating as as best as we can, as clearly as we can. What what is at stake? And and removing again the emotionalism and the sensationalism of the moment of reacting. All right, Thomas, let me ask one closing question. How should people deal with fake news? You should deal with fake news the way that people who put out fake news try to do it, control the narrative. And to do that, then you have to understand the issue and you have to be willing to speak about the issue in a way that is more than just a few blanket statements. You, If you're wanting to speak into the issue in a logical, in a very logical way where it, other people can say, well, he, he's thought about this. He's, he's trying to discern what is really happening. And sure, there's still going to be some people on the edges who think, well, I just don't like it. I don't like that person. I don't like this. And now I don't like you because you, <laughs> you're saying this. But then what we really got to do is just control the narrative ourselves and be able to to speak to those issues. Now, I know you said that it was a last question. That was the last question for me. You may have a last ah, question. Okay, uh-huh. gotcha. <laughs> I, I would ask you the same question. Okay. The other things, I, I agree with what you've just said, and I would say prayer and scriptural study. Um, where scripture speaks, Man, we can stand firm and we can be strong in our conviction. Where scripture is silent, we need to be prayerful and we need to be we need to be concerned about the gospel narrative going forth. How can the gospel best be served through this scenario? And so those are the only two things that I would add to what you've mentioned, uh, prayer and then scriptural study about the topic or about the idea. Do you have to deal with uh, political fake news in your church? Like on a, on a person-to-person basis, walking through, walking through the uh, aisles, going down the pews, yeah, kissing yeah. babies, shaking hands. <laughs> shaking shaking babies, babies, kissing, kissing hands. hands. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally, occasionally. There is a lady in our church, and I, I love her today. She is so funny. And if she comes with fake news, uh, or if there's fake news that's making the rounds, political fake news, she's going to ask, Preacher, what's your opinion? And I love it because she and her daughter of, are of polar opposite political views. And her daughter is, this lady is a senior adult, and her daughter is always there bringing her to church, taking her back home. And so her daughter is always there. And I'll usually pitch something back to them. Well, I'm not sure about that, but what do y'all think about? And then they get into it. And the rest of the day, they're into it. So it's so, it's so funny. So yeah, so I occasionally have that happen. Uh, and But hey, I, I, I am open at Trinity Baptist Church. I'm not a 
political guy. Uh, I know more about sports than I do politics. Maybe shame on me. I'm not a political guy. I'm not into it. Those who are into it, they know all the ups, downs, ins, outs. That ain't me. Um, I, I hit is the high points. Whenever I read through my my, my articles every evening that I'm going to be reading through, I, I read through an occasional political article, but it's rare. So it's, it's not a big deal for me. Yeah. So when the people you meet who are talking about fake news, are they usually conservative or liberal? I, I, well, okay. Hmm. I, I would say the average fake news I'm talking about concern. in your experience. Yeah, in my in my experience, they're going to be conservative, and they Mine are too. afraid the SBC is going liberal. The country, I'm sure the country is going liberal, but but there are there, it's always we need to return to the roots of Christianity, uh, and and this is going further away, and I don't like it. So yes, yeah, it's the conservative person that will bring up the majority of the fake news. I've never thought about it like that. That's a that's a really good question, and you agree with the conservative side of it, yeah? Right? Because we're us here in the South, most of the people who do come to our churches are are usually conservative. And so most of the time what I hear are the conservative responses are conservative derived fake news type uh, articles and, and things. So thank you for joining us for this podcast. We hope you will join us again soon.